0: this is sarah and this is rachel and this is the rip a diaries a podcast where we rip apart episode by episode the vampire diaries but today is this special topic episode
1: today we're bringing to you our season one roundup slash recap slash a little bit of like an award show we pick some of our favorite moments and things like that so yeah we just want to bring Brings season one to a close and bridge the gap into season two.
0: Yeah, it's it's fall. It's the start of the Vampire Diaries season, yes. so it's the perfect time. We just finished. Well, we recently finished the season yeah. one <laughs> recap, so it makes sense to do sort of an overview of the entire thing from yeah. you know a wider perspective.
1: Yeah, um, especially to sort of refresh our memories. We've been away for yeah. a little while. Yeah, lots of life things going on. Oh Moving, yeah, yeah, we moved. All sorts of things: weddings, yeah. funerals, we got COVID. parties covid <laughs> everything that could happen has happened in the past yeah like month.
0: yeah but so
1: we're back <laughs> we're
0: back we're settled we're yeah. ready to get into vampire Diaries. it's the perfect I'm time dying for dying to get into vampire Diaries, i'm dying yeah. to get into season two because we said it before i'll say it again love season two
1: yeah truly a top tier season yeah so, so
0: for now we have to just wrap up you know put the little bow on season one yes. um before we get on to just obsessing over season two yeah um, and to be honest, I love season one as well. I think it's a great season. Yeah. I think it's definitely in like the top few seasons. Like it's for me stronger than like five, six, seven, eight. So.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was refreshing my memory before recording the episode and because it's been a little while since we finished and I was just remembering how much I love everything that happened. It's happens. such a it's good It's a really season. solid season.
0: Yeah, so to start it off, we're going to go over the probably seven, I think it is, main sort of characters in season one. People who go through the biggest journeys from episode one to episode 22, they have the biggest amount of change. And we're going to start off with the it girl, the main girl of the show, Miss Elena Gilbert, obviously gloomy graveyard herself. (laughs) Um, And so for Elena, she, of course, starts episode one. She has just recently, a few months ago, lost her parents. She's very much grieving and she's trying to look to the future trying to be more positive about the school year and then of course by the end of the season she ends more grief more gloomy more graveyard vibes um because she's been introduced to the world of vampires Mm -hmm. she's dating a vampire um and she learns she was adopted she meets her birth parents a lot happens but of course she does end the season ultimately in love with stefan and like overall Happy, but better than the first episode. Better just... than before. Yeah, I'd
1: say better than before. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, thinking of Elena, obviously, next thought goes to Stefan. Stefan comes in the pilot as this mysterious, hot new guy with like the sexy back, I think Bonnie Yes. says. Hot back. <laughs> hot back. Yeah. And, you know, he's sort of that mysterious guy. And of course, we learn that he's a vampire, and Stefan and Elena pretty much get together off the bat but they have a lot of ups and downs. Stefan has his own personal ups and downs. He has mm-hmm. the whole ripper arc, that yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, they end up in a good spot like you said. They're they're pretty much together and I think also Stefan's relationship with Damon is pretty solid at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, way better. Way better than it was at the start. So, a yeah. lot of a lot of growth there for Stefan.
0: Definitely. And then of course, like you said, Stefan and Damon hand of in course. hand. Um so going into Damon, he of course starts the series as the main antagonist he is for all intents and purposes the big bad vampire that's come to town to just cause chaos um initially we think it's sort of just because he's trying to give Stefan his eternity of misery but then of course ultimately um we learn that he's trying to open the tomb because he wants to save Catherine, who he's still in love with And that, of course, goes sideways. He gets the tomb open. She was never in the tomb. She just ghosted him for 140 (laughs) years, Um, which really switches him, like, I think completely by the end of the season. He's totally on, like, the hero side. He is in a lot better place with Stefan, like you said. And, of course, he's grown a very strong relationship with Elena, who, in the finale, he makes a pretty big um, move on. But overall, he's in a better place (laughs) um, with Stefan, with Elena, and with Mystic Falls in general. He... Protects the town in the last
1: episode. You know who he's not in a good spot with (laughs) at the end of the season? Bonnie. My girl. Bonnie also... I mean, every character has a lot of growth in this season. We're just figuring out this world and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But Bonnie starts off thinking she's sort of a psychic. She has a lot of, like, visions of things. But then her powers fully manifest. And she's just a full-blown witch by, like, episode 4 or Mm 5, along those lines. And... She comes into having her power. She, you know, learns from Grams, who then passes away. So she goes like through that. She gets written off the show, of course, to deal with that. (laughs) And she comes back, I think, stronger than ever, of course, magically, but also way more confident, way less willing to just be used by like Damon Mm -hmm. or Stefan, even. And yeah, she's, I think, she's really coming to her own by the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. She's like the big bad witch. Yeah, yeah. Making threats. Yeah, she's like the the person who can actually stand up to Damon. Yeah.
0: On the opposite (laughs) end of that spectrum, Jeremy Gilbert. Um, He, of
1: course... I almost forgot where he ends up. Yeah, okay. he ends
0: in an interesting spot. He, of course, starts, like, same mm-hmm. place as Elena. He is, of course, grieving the loss of his parents. He is the bad boy. He's doing drugs. He's just chasing after Vicky Donovan. He is, you know, the sad, lonely puppy, but also is just, you know, the miserable bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course... That just spirals because Vicky dies. He gets compelled. That turns him into basically an entirely new character. He's completely unlike himself in the first seven episodes. Um, But he really turns his life around. He then meets Anna, falls in love with her, Mm. and then she dies too. Um, And so then... (laughs) You know, through her, he had learned about the world of vampires Mm -hmm. and he decides in the finale that he wants to become a vampire because he wants to be able to turn off his emotions to not deal with the grief. So Jeremy, unfortunately, his whole sort of vibe of season one is grief over and over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, I think he has the hardest time. We talked about this a little bit during the season. But yeah, yeah, I think Jeremy has somehow an even harder time than Alina or Bonnie. Yeah,
0: I think probably by the end, everyone ends up in a pretty similar place. But especially in this first season, it's definitely Jeremy. It's just like two girlfriends in one season. That's insane. That's tough. That's really tough. And he's going to (laughs) lose another one again. So
1: yeah, it just keeps
0: happening with him. So he's left um, in limbo of like, is he in transition? Is he not? Yes. At the end of season one.
1: Yeah, interesting place. Caroline, in a similar position, we start off the season with Caroline being... I mean, Caroline and Bonnie both, but Caroline especially just being sort of like a teenager. Like, she's very much kind of catty. She's not really confident. Like, she's very insecure. Feels like she's second to Elena. All these things. She has a really terrible relationship with Damon. Gets into a relationship with Matt and... You know, she really starts to come into her own, and her her like turn for the better, I think, begins in season one, like we've talked about. Yeah, and she by the end of the season, especially, she's (laughs) confidence wise, security like in herself wise, in a way better place. But of course, her like plot ends up that she's in the hospital. She was in that car crash with Tyler and Matt, so Mm -hmm. she's Liz is like, it's not looking good, basically. So she's pretty up in the air at this point.
0: Yeah, they leave us really on a cliffhanger yeah. with her of like, kind of seems like she's gonna die at any second. Yeah, she's not doing great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, left in the the balance with um Caroline, but of course she is being taken care of by Maddie Blue Eyes. I'll never forget. <laughs> yes, oh, of, of course.
1: Baby. I know. Oh, baby, I was thinking about that
0: too. I love that, though. He goes through that yeah. that change. Um, you know, he, of course, he kind of starts the season in a sort of similar place where he is just puppy dog love for Elena. Yes. Maddie Blue Eyes in the first few episodes is just set up to be like, you know, the jealous ex of Elena who just wants things to go back to normal. Um, you know, Elena had just recently broken his heart. And of course, Maddie's heart only gets broken further from there because his sister, Vicky, dies, yes. which is such an insane thing that kind of. I feel like it's brushed over a little bit. (laughs) It really does. It really does. (laughs) But that's a big thing, obviously, for Matt. Um, but he does ultimately, I think, get to a better place because, of course, he enters a relationship with Caroline, which Mm. I think ends up really being good for him, and she's good for him yeah, in in that way, at least. Um, he shows that he cares about her a lot in the the finale, so that's where he ends up is in the hospital waiting for Caroline to see if she's gonna live or die. (laughs) He could be in Jeremy's position, he could be not, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. pretty neck
1: and neck, those two. Yeah, So. yeah, with all of those characters, those are of course like the main characters, sort of, of like, season 1, yeah. Yeah, almost like the hero's roles. Yes. So, if we have our heroes, we have to talk about all of our villains, yeah. of
0: course. Of course. Yeah, there's a good chunk of villains in season 1. I feel yeah. like all, all seasons have like maybe a collection of villains, but most of them kind of come down to one big bad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think of season 1 as the team vampires. Uh, season and it is but there's a lot of other villains yeah Um, like I already noted Damon is of course the first villain of the series the first nine episodes are all about Damon being the true antagonist Um, you know he is of course like I said the the eternity of misery for Stefan and just trying to cause chaos he threatens Elena at every turn he doesn't (laughs) actually do anything to her but he threatens it constantly yep um, and it obviously becomes clear that he's ultimately a villain because he does have the larger goal of opening the tomb. And once the tomb is opened, like I said, he immediately flips yeah. sides into hero. Like he's not a villain anymore. He's, he's a villain because of a goal. Granted, he's also a villain in those moments because he, um, is willing to just <laughs> do whatever and hurt yeah. whoever, because he only cares about that goal. Yeah. Um, but Damon is an interesting villain in that way. where are like, he's just doing whatever he wants because yeah. he only cares about that one thing.
1: Yeah, which ultimately leads to Vicky becoming a villain. Vicky, well, so she's sort of set up as an antagonist at the beginning because she's, like, the bad girl Stoner yeah. who's, like, a bad influence on Jeremy. And yeah. And doesn't like her. So she's kind of, like, the teen drama antagonist from the beginning. But obviously, when she has her episode haunted, she is pretty much, like, the antagonist or villain of that episode. And yeah. she... You know she's she throws almost Elena. Yeah, she we almost all do. kills Elena and Jeremy in a, yeah. in a way I don't think she actually would have but maybe so yeah she's a, you know she's a villain or antagonist but yeah. because of Damon unfortunately
0: yeah Damon makes her into that
1: yeah and um, her arc of course ends there when she dies
0: yeah yeah the short lived um, yeah. antagonist Vicky a longer antagonist who is the same as Damon is just goal oriented mm-hmm. as Anna. And Anna, of course, comes with a posse of people. She has Logan, Noah, and Ben are all villains that each have, like, one episode, and they're all ultimately working for Anna. Mm -hmm. She turned, maybe not Noah, but she definitely turned Ben and Logan. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, she's definitely the most, like, goal-oriented of the villains, potentially in the whole series, but definitely in season one of just, like... She's only a villain because she's willing to do whatever it takes to open the tomb to get yeah. her mother out. Um, and as soon as that tomb is open and her mother's out, she's no longer, again, like Damon, she's no longer a villain. She becomes, like, one yeah. of the heroes. She saves everybody, um, you know, at the Founder's Day event. Yeah. So she's she's an interesting one where, like, she's just, she's just doing whatever it takes to do that thing, and in the yeah. eyes of our heroes, that does make her a villain. Um, but, like, Anna doesn't yeah. really do that much, like, bad per se.
1: Not really. I mean... The worst thing she really does is, I guess, like, I mean, <laughs> she does kidnap Bonnie and Elena. Yeah, That's, <laughs> that's pretty bad. But, like, the whole, I want to get my mom out of the tomb because yeah. she's been stuck down there desiccated for 145 yeah. years. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, fair. I get it. Like, I, I really, you know, like you said, it's kind of a villain to the, the heroes of the show, but... Yeah.
0: She not could that be the hero ultimately. of her own show easily. Exactly. Definitely. So, that's, that's Anna and her whole pack of um, villains, which leads us right into the next pack of villains.
1: Yeah. Of course, once Anna gets Pearl, the whole tomb is open, and Damon has left a blood bag in there, and they all end up getting out. So, all the tomb vampires get out. They kind of have a like an interesting arc of like phases where yeah. first they're kind of led by Pearl. So they're kind of, you know, they're not really like a big antagonist or villain. Like, because yeah. Pearl does not want revenge. She's very clear. She doesn't want revenge. She doesn't want them just really randomly killing people. So they're kind of like that. But then Frederick and Bethann start this whole like, you know, we want revenge on the town, all these people. And it starts because they want to get revenge on... Damon and Stefan. Mm-hmm. So that's their, like, first phase of being the villain or antagonist. They attack Stefan and Damon. Stefan has to kill Bethany. They kidnap Stefan back. It's, like, this weird back and forth. Yeah. They do the rescue mission. <laughs> so that's, like, their first arc. And then, of course, a bunch of the tomb vampires die in that rescue mission. And that's kind of the last we see of them until... Like, the finale, when they're going to come back and kill all the founding families.
0: Yeah, they disappear for a minute. Yeah. Um, And like you said, they do spawn the next villain for one episode, which is Stefan. (laughs) Um, Stefan does get his little mini stint as an antagonist. We'll see it again in season three. Of course. But for season one, he gets this one episode, Miss Mystic Falls, because he got kidnapped and was exposed to Elena's human blood in order to heal himself. Um, He's really having a hard time with, like, blood rage and, like, wanting to drink people blood, and he kidnaps Amber, and almost kills her in the woods. And he's effectively the villain of that episode. Yeah. Um. He of course bounces back immediately. They, you know, take him and drain him and get him back to normal. Yeah. And he's he's good in one episode, but he is a villain for one episode.
1: Yeah, a villain for every episode he's in. <laughs> John Gilbert. He. uh oh, John comes on the scene pretty late in the season, but we immediately know he's going to be an antagonist slash villain because. Everyone hates him, including Maddie Blue Eyes. Yeah. Like he comes back into town and Jenna's like, Ugh. like Elena's like, oh God. Like if Elena tells Matt and Matt's like, I hate that guy. Like everyone yeah. agrees we hate John Gilbert. And then we finally get to like really meet him and get to know him. And obviously he's a huge antagonist to Damon because he joins the council and threatens to expose Damon and Stefan at pretty much every turn. Mm-hmm. Um and then we also find out, you know, he's going to work to find the invention, which will kill all the vampires. And then obviously the whole finale showdown goes down where he does actually kill most of the tomb vampires and almost Damon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, John was failing a little bit at his goals. Yes. He couldn't get the invention. So enter another villain for like one or two episodes, yeah. Isabel. Um, you know, she pops in really quick for that one episode, basically threatens and or injures every single person that comes within her yeah. path. She beats up John. She beats She kidnaps Jeremy, <laughs> breaks Matt's arm. Oh, yeah. Um, she she has a very short stint as a villain, but it's so memorable because she really yeah. does tear up the place. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a goal oriented one where like she just shows up. She gets the invention. She gives it to John and she leaves town. Yeah. Um, she's a very quick, quick in and out villain.
1: Yeah. We also, in the finale, set up, like, the big bad of next season. Catherine, of course, comes back in that last little moment where she kisses Damon and Damon thinks it's Elena. And then Catherine goes inside as Elena and cuts off all of John's fingers in, like, Mm -hmm. a a brutal moment for the the finale. And, yeah, they're kind of, like, just teeing up Catherine at this point. We see a little bit of the flashbacks and you can kind of see how... Her having a relationship with both brothers could kind of be construed as an antagonist, but we don't really get the full extent of that and how she was a villain in 1864 until I think next season.
0: Yeah, it's really like
1: the last five minutes of the finale that you're like, oh, whoa, She's not what I was expecting. Because we
0: don't know why she was missing for those 140 years, you know? It's like, okay, she wasn't in the tomb. She might have a perfectly reasonable explanation for that. Like, we don't know. We don't know anything about Catherine. Um, so yeah, we're left off with the clue that she's gonna be the next
1: really big villain. With all that being said and ending on Catherine, I have to say, even though Catherine is probably like my favorite villain of season two, Mm -hmm. she does not get my favorite villain of season one award because well she's really only in season two in the present day for like two minutes. Yeah. I have to say I think I'm gonna go with Isabel as my favorite villain. You (laughs) You know I love Isabel. Isabel. I really love Isabel just because I feel like she brings such... Like, she is such a nuanced character. Like, even we, we were like, we have to have a special episode just talking about Isabel's humanity. Like, her motives are so interesting to me. Like, whether or not her humanity is on and to what degree is so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I feel like she brings a lot with so little time, really, too. Because, like you said... one episode. She's in it for, like, two or, like, two, maybe one episode. yeah. And she's just chaos the entire time. Mm -hmm. She also goes the furthest, I'd say, besides Damon, like, killing people, which. That's true. Yeah. I also, I'm not going to go with Damon because I don't really like his I'm going to abuse Caroline villain arc. I prefer the more, like, I'll do anything for Elena. Yes. So it's not Damon. Catherine's not in it enough. I gotta go with Isabel. I knew you are gonna she's go with Isabel. She's got so
0: much. She brings so much. Yeah, she's such an interesting villain. I will say, I hate her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I hate her, but like, yeah. the character to me is a good villain.
0: She is a good villain, but like, for me, it does border on, like, yeah. I don't even enjoy her in a way because I just dislike <laughs> her fair. so strongly. I think it's because I like Elena too much. Okay, that's and it, fair. like, makes me angry on Elena's behalf. You know, yeah. it's like, in order to enjoy a villain, you almost have to be okay with the amount of pain that they're inflicting, which I guess is, like, a Catherine thing in, like, season two where, like, she inflicts a lot of pain on Elena that I'm okay with. Yeah. But, like, Isabel
1: being her mother and doing that to her is, like... That is pretty
0: terrible. Crossing a line for
1: me. Yeah, I will say, yeah, the way she treats, like, her Maternal relationship with Elena is probably the least favorite of like yeah. everything she brings, which is yeah. a huge part of her character. But
0: yeah, she's an interesting villain though. Again, yeah. with the goal oriented, and she pops in a cheese cycle and achieves that goal in one
1: episode. Is it's out. Done. Yeah, it's like she, it's like she said to John, "You're failing. I'm gonna get this done <laughs> now, and then it's over." Yeah, one night. Again, <laughs> yeah, it
0: takes like 24 hours. <laughs>
1: yeah. she's great. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I did the same thing where mm. I was like, "You would think it would be this person, but it was this person." But I actually kind of went the opposite way of you. So initially, I really wanted to do Damon because I really, of course, like Damon's villain arc in that I like that not the Caroline abusing thing, but That's I terrible. like how yeah. chaotic he is. I think it's interesting how like he's just this like emotional, like I don't know, he's like you don't know what to expect out yeah. of him. Um, but I did end up going with Catherine as my favorite villain in season one, which same thing as you said, I kind of didn't want to do her because again, she's only a villain for the last few episodes, but I was looking at the list of all the villains, Isabel, John, the tomb vampires, Damon, even Stefan. And I was like, you know what all of these have in common? Catherine. Catherine. Catherine's the root of all of their problems. Very true. Catherine is the root of all evil. Yeah. Like she really is. She really is. And so I was like, you know what? I know season two is Catherine's season, although it probably will even then go into originals. Um, So I was like, you know what? Season one is all because of Catherine. So I do think ultimately for me, I'm going to name Catherine my season one favorite Mm -hmm. villain. Because even though she's only in it for a little bit, everything that happens is
1: because of her. Yeah. So it's so true. No, it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking about this the other day, like of course I'm just casually thinking about vampire diaries. <laughs> <As you do. laughs> but we always say, you know, like this was all gonna happen to Alina with or without yeah. Stefan and Damon yeah, in the her doppelganger life. Stuff. Like she was the doppelganger. Yeah if Catherine had just done the sun and moon curse in the beginning, yeah. this would have never happened. Elena and Manny so, Blue Eyes would have had their little yeah.
0: babies and, like, <laughs> lived happily ever yeah. after.
1: like Exactly. Yeah. So I, I agree. Catherine is a good one, but I'm saving her for season two.
0: Yeah, she's so good in season two that I think that that um, – we'll talk about her a course, lot more. Of course, of course. Which is what I'm excited for, too. Yeah. But, I mean, also, how can you get past that iconic – the cutting off – Hello, John, Yeah, goodbye, that's
1: John. true. If we're saying, you know, Isabel – packs a big punch in the little time she's there (laughs) Catherine. (laughs) tenfold like she really she's like five minutes
0: and she makes an impact (laughs) she makes it count yeah Yeah. so so true i had to say Catherine, favorite villain yeah um, which is a good segue into our next topic is the top three performances of any yes. actor throughout this first season. And first, I had to say Nina Dobrev Obviously. in the season one finale, Finders, Finders Day? Founders Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, of course, she's Elena, but then she's Catherine at the end. Mm-hmm. And also she was Catherine pretending to be Elena for a yeah. lot of that. And it's just such an unbelievable performance. The first time you watch it, you don't even realize what's going on. The second time you watch it, you're like, it's so obvious it was Catherine. It's just like such... Nina is the person, I think, from this show that gets the most, like, acting praise. And people Mm -hmm. are just always talking about how phenomenal she is because she is. But it's this episode, I think, that, like, highlighted it the best for me.
1: Yeah. I, of course, was going to say the same thing. I I figured we would have at least this one, like, favorite performance in in mind because... Yeah, Nina just plays it so well. And it only gets better on a rewatch. Oh, yeah. The first time I watched it, I was shocked. But then Mm -hmm. on a rewatch, I still feel like there are those subtle little nuances in how she plays it that I'm like... Oh, it never gets old.
0: Yeah. It reads as Elena, but then it's like, but it's so obvious. It's so Catherine. clearly Catherine,
1: but I could see where Damon would think it's Elena. Yeah. yeah.
0: And to play two different people, of course, is a challenge. Playing Elena and Catherine in and of itself is impressive. Like if we were to say episode six, she plays both Elena yeah. and then Catherine in flashbacks. But it's this episode where she's playing Catherine trying to play Elena. Yeah. It's like, girl, <laughs> we are getting so, just wait until we get to the body swap of it yeah. all. Like she's just, a, she's an expert at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next nominee for, uh, top three performances is Paul Wesley. Of course. I think we're going to have all the same three. I, think we're gonna have all- I don't think the next one will be the same. But Probably this not. one, I went Miss Mystic Falls. Of course, same. Yeah, episode 19 is, of course, the episode where Stefan falls off the wagon. He's yep. on the human blood stuff. And he is just, like, going crazy. He's yeah. so not himself. Um, and it's just really excellent. We talked about it a lot in that episode. Of course, that, yeah. You know, he just really nails the whole, like, drug addict, um, you know, stressed angry scary yeah out of, really
1: control, out of control yeah but trying to seem like he has it together
0: yeah which is so impactful after like 18 episodes of him being stefan who's like the most like so, boring balanced, yeah so
1: like, one though yeah. yeah
0: you know stefan's just the good guy like that's just his yeah. vibe and then you get hit with episode 19 and you're like
1: stefan yeah yeah like, no they i'm so glad they ended up doing this with stefan's character because yeah paul really like i love ripper stefan because of paul he plays it so well
0: he plays it so well and again like the writers i think it's brilliant because ripper stefan is like the layers that stefan as a character needed he's again one note he would have been kind of boring as a character without adding in the ripper element yeah for Um, sure and i'm sure after they did 19 and realized like how good he was at it they were like we gotta write more of this this again Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah um similar note to that Mm, actually i'm curious if we i don't think we have the next same person
1: probably not i i will say i wanted to do someone who was not the trio Mm -hmm. because i I did think about ian because i obviously just like you want
0: to do the trio the whole
1: season of course they're the trio for a reason but i didn't so you can go ahead
0: well so mine goes really well off of that same thing of like a person who came in did something great in one episode Mm -hmm. and they had to write more of that and that is of course ariel cabell as
1: Uh, Lexi. Lexi Lexi is one
0: episode in episode um, eight, Mm -hmm. 162 Candles. And, you know, she comes in. She's Stefan's best friend. And at the end of the episode, Damon kills her. She's a one-character episode. But, of course, she kills it as Lexi. She's such an interesting, fun character that I think they really felt the need out of anyone. They could have picked any of those tomb vampires. They could have picked really anybody to make, like, a regular flashback character. They could have written a new character to be Stefan's friend in flashbacks. But I think it really speaks to, like, her performance as Lexi that they really wanted to keep bringing her back. She ends up being in, like, nine or ten episodes throughout the entire series. Yeah. Um, Just through flashbacks because she dies in the first season. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think it really is a testament to, you know, that she's, like, really great at that role. And it's such an interesting character to add into the vampires world that I made her my, my number two yeah.
1: favorite. Yeah, that's a solid one. I actually didn't even think about Lexi, but that's, like... I really do love the Lexi character, and she she does come in, and obviously, yeah, they had to build out more for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Again, killed it in one episode, and they were like, "We need more." Of we that. need to bring her back.
1: Yeah, I almost had like the opposite, where I went the like the opposite direction in that I saw someone who like was <laughs> doing a lot like throughout the season that was I thought was really solid. I think this will surprise a lot of people, <laughs> meaning. <laughs> Sarah and Shay who's who's helping us. And you guys, of course, because you know I love everyone but Matt Donovan. But I have to give Zach Zack a little bit of like an accolade. Like a little bit. Because I really think, like, especially on this rewatch, I sympathize with his story so much more than I ever yeah. have before. And I think he does a lot into to show like his relationship with his mom, Kelly, and I especially noticed it in the episode where they find out where they find Vicky's body and they find Mm. out she died. Matt plays that, I think, or Zach plays that really well. And I I thought that was a really solid performance from especially a non-trio character. I don't know. I thought he did a lot with what he was given, which admittedly was not that much.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great call out. And I, I do think that a lot of us overlook Matt because of where he goes in later seasons. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. Know, he just becomes such an annoying character at a certain point to where you yeah. don't take him or Zach seriously. Yeah. Um, but that is not his fault at all. I do no. think he does well with, like, what he's given as the character of Matt. And I think you're right. In the first season especially, we see so many layers of, like, yeah. who he is as a character. He is still a brother at this point a protective brother then he's a mourning brother yeah then he's like this bad boyfriend turned good boyfriend yeah like yeah he goes through so much and um he does a really good job at handling
1: that i think so too yeah i think uh, this is the season to call it out because yeah i think they take his story in like a really i don't like that direction but yeah everything they did in season one with matt's character i think zach made the absolute most of like i thought him playing the petty boyfriend was really well done like oh, you know yeah. kind of jealous of Stefan that was really well done and then mm-hmm. his relationship with Stefan in like the double date episode I don't know I thought the little that he got he really showed up for it. Yeah. and this is the only season I'll say it so I was like I might as well give it to him <laughs> Matt's
0: getting no accolades after <laughs> this, this season it.
1: so savor this while you can if you love Matt slash yeah. Zach because this is it this but, is the best <laughs> yeah no fault to Zach of course but yeah Matt no, it's yeah. not after this. I'm never giving him any yeah, more athletes. We've,
0: we've, we've peaked on Matt for yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, hopefully
0: not peaked on some other stuff because yeah, no. the next thing we're going to talk about is favorite three episode run arc. Yeah. So instead of like a character, like it was too hard to choose like a character arc or like a story arc. Yeah. They blend together too much. So instead we're going to choose our favorite back to back episodes. If you're going to pick like three episodes, yeah. to just you watch, rewatch, whatever um what are your favorites? I went back and forth for a long time on this one. I know.
1: I had two in mind that I thought about doing like a tie, but I knew that was a cop out. So I know.
0: I did end up one out for me, and I'll just say mine, I guess, is that nostalgia one out for me. Mm. I really wanted to go with some of the later episodes into the teens because how could you not with like Miss Mystics and great episodes. But ultimately, my all-time favorite episode, I've said this before, is Friday Night Bites. Of course.
1: And so I ended up going really early. I went episode mm. two, three, four. Oh, interesting. I did contemplate two, three, four. It didn't I... make either of my, like, two ties. But And so the reason that swayed me, I will say there's a lot of
0: back-to-back episodes that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, like Bloodlines, the Georgia episode, and yes. then Pleasantville, the Yeah. Like, there's a lot of back-to-back. But then there's usually, like, one episode right after where I was like, I don't like i don't love love, that episode i don't love yeah but for me i think i really like the nostalgia of the night of the comet is episode Mm -hmm. two where the you know the comet goes off the lane and Stefan are starting to get together friday night bites is like my favorite most iconic iconic, yeah you know the football game it's so great and then the next one is family ties when they go to the like little founder's day auction Mm -hmm. whatever thing i don't even know what it is some yeah some founders of it yeah and Stefan tricks damon with the vervain and carolines that is it is a solid episode that's such a memorable like episode in in my life in my mind like that's like where it all started for me so i feel like that had to be my favorite three episode Mm. arc was was um none of the comment friday night bites and then family ties it's just interesting the, yeah the early vampire nostalgia in yeah. high school it's just vampires in high school and I yeah love
1: that. <laughs> yeah no I do really like those three episodes they were I did think about those three episodes too but I actually ended up going with and I honestly thought you might say the same I went with 17 18 19 that was my other one let the right one in yeah. to under control to miss mystic falls I banger that. banger banger no misses everything my perfect episode my perfect episode my perfect episode all right in a row (laughs) like the 17 let the right one in is the stefan like retrieval from the kidnap mission where we get to see damon alaric and elena as a trio for the first time and damon and alaric as a duo yep for the first time um which obviously spurs like one of my favorite arcs for paul and stefan him becoming a ripper yep I love, like, the little moments that Delena have in these. Obviously, a little bit of under control, but especially Miss Mystic Falls. Oh, yeah. Which, I love the costumes in Miss Mystic Falls. I love everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. th- there is, I, I feel like no misses in those three.
0: Yeah, 17, 18, 19 was yeah. the one I was really agonizing
1: over <laughs> yeah 2,
0: three, four. I was like that, the banger after banger. Yeah. And I did, I said that to Shay when I was, like, working on what I was going to choose. Was I was like, let the right one in is, like, the best. Like, I it's, gotta start somewhere yeah. around there. But ultimately, I did go the, you know, Friday Night Bites is like my real time, yeah. all
1: time favorite episode. So I was like, I gotta go the early ones. Of course. I do it. So I'm glad yeah. that you honored the okay, other good. ones. So we got good. both. Yeah, when I was picking this, I, I actually thought we might have the same one. So. Yeah,
0: I thought about it really hard and I, I ended up switching to the early ones. But yeah. I think that those are the two perfect <laughs> three episode Yeah, arts. That's it.
1: Yeah. I know. I was thinking earlier, I was like, you know, if you had to show someone. Like an episode to get them started. It's either three or seventeen. Like that's true. Obviously, seventeen. You're a little late to the story, but it's just so it's good episode. that I would want to be like yeah. Those are the two this. that like
0: are gonna get you into yeah. it if
1: anything. Definitely. Um,
0: it's gonna be hard to choose in season two. That's banger, <laughs> after banger. <laughs> it's gonna after. be every. It's gonna be a tie for like every three
1: segment episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: So which yeah. honestly, season one's kind of like that too. Like like I said, it's like Georgia. Yeah. The Bloodlines episode into I'm um, Pleasantville is like banger, banger. It I I did going. think
1: about. The turning point to bloodlines to yeah. unpleasant. The build, one that but...
0: kind of like turned me off from those were the flashback episodes. For me, for rewatch, is weaker.
1: I don't love the flashbacks. Yeah,
0: just after like the fifteen times that I've watched, I'm like eh, less inclined. Yeah, for a it doesn't
1: really. Yeah, the flashbacks don't really do it too much for me. I thought about saying lost girls to haunted to 162 candles because I love Lexi and wanted to give <laughs> her a little shout out, and I do think Vicky's episode is really solid, but lost girls was a weak point for me just because... Yeah. I don't know. I, it's on a
0: rewatch, really. I think, yeah, just on a rewatch. I think the first time it's, like, exciting new information. But a rewatch, yeah. it's
1: like, it just... It
0: doesn't hold up. You're back. like,
1: okay. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing about Lost Girls that I oh. don't dislike and that never, ever gets old is... Every single outfit they gave Catherine. Oh, yeah. Which brings me to my next, our next, comp, like, uh, category. Mm-hmm. We wanted to talk about our top three favorite outfits. Yeah, of course. Of Fashion course. Girlies. Because I'm always thinking about all of the outfits from the Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. And I think we didn't, we decided not to, like, do, like, a one, two, three. But my favorite is, of course, Catherine's mm-hmm. green dress. Yeah. I, I love.
0: Yeah, Catherine's green dress also was in my, my list of three. Yeah, I think... I like a lot of the 1864 ones. I love the black one with the yeah. white lace that she wears with Damon. I thought about doing that one, too. Um, but I think the green dress ultimately is, like, a level of iconic that is just, like, so yes. memorable. Like, it's one of those things you search, like, Catherine Van Hutter's green dress. And there's, like, immediately a thousand appears. iterations yeah. of people, like, cosplaying as it. Yeah. And like, like it's such a memorable look. Yeah. Um, and on that vein, actually, my definite number one outfit <laughs> Is Miss Elena Gilbert. Ooh. Actually yeah. also in Lost Girls, because I well, like the one she wears in the, the pilot. Yeah. Because it's of course the red top with the leather jacket. Of course. But she also, also does she also does a red top and a leather jacket in Lost Girls. Mm. But she just doesn't have like the cami under it. And she's of course wearing the necklace from Stefan. Oh. And in my mind that's, that's, that's that is the really iconic. that's the look. Yeah. She has like a red v-neck with the cropped black leather jacket. Her of usual, course. like, low-rise flare jeans and converse. Converse, oh. And the slick, straight hair. And yeah. it's just so, like, chef's kiss perfect.
1: Yeah. it It is really good. And I did think about putting, like, Elena's pilot outfit in my top three. But I decided to go with another direction instead of her. So I, I bumped Elena to put in, which maybe this doesn't count. So I'll have to maybe pull Elena back in. But... <laughs> I really wanted to give a shout out to Caroline's Decade Dance Outfit. Oh, I it's thought about that too. technically a costume, so it's not really like an it outfit. Counts. Okay, okay. It counts. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that one because, of course, I wanted to give my girl Caroline a little shout out. But <laughs> yeah. I just, I love it. I feel like she understood the assignment. She looks so good. Mm-hmm. She looks way better than anyone else, also, which I think really yeah. makes her pop. Yeah. But I just loved everything she did with her Decade Dance outfit. Yeah.
0: Bonnie looks great, too, but I do agree. Bonnie Caroline is good. the one that really, like, killed it. Like, yeah. they really gave her, like, a full look. Accessories yes. and everything.
1: Yeah. For me, I think I didn't go with Bonnie because they give Bonnie, like, a really good hairstyle. Like, mm-hmm. for once they give <laughs> they give Kat the good hairstyle. Um, but her dress is a little bit, like, it's just a 50s yeah, dress. Yeah, it's just, it's like, not, kind of a regular dress. But yeah. Caroline has the cardigan and yeah. the hair and everything. Yeah, she it's looks so great. good.
0: Yeah. Um, I think mine is more on the note of maybe doesn't count. I think the costume <laughs> counts. It's still an outfit you wear. Yeah. But mine is an outfit that, through the events of the story, is transformed into what I think of as the iconic outfit, um, which is Stefan in Blood mm. Brothers – in 1864, he's woken up from oh getting shot and killed, and he just has on his like white button down with his like suspenders. Are they saying he's shirtless? <laughs> like, well, he's like it's great it's, it's open, <laughs> yeah. um, but he's been shot, and so like the red blood stain is on the white of the shirt, and mm. that specifically, the outfit after he's been killed and has the blood staining his shirt and it's like yes. all unbuttoned, is the iconic outfit for me for Stefan. Mm-hmm. because. It's just such a memorable, like, I think the white button up with the stark, like, Mm -hmm. you know, red blood stain on it is just such a striking image that is, like, immediately, like, memorable. And I just wanted to choose that one because I just think it's so, I don't know, representative, too. It's like, you know, that moment in between is is what that outfit is. Um, I just find it very interesting.
1: Yeah, I do love Damon and Stefan's 1864, like yeah. suspenders, the yeah. billowy white shirts. I do really love those. So I, I can get behind Stefan. But my third choice that I picked, I I also wanted to do a men's costume because I could list every single one of Alina's costumes oh, in my yeah. top three, but I wanted to mix it up a little bit. So I went with Ian's sweater or Damon's sweater, oh. <laughs> in did, oh, did you I pick not, that one too? No, but oh. how did
0: I not think of that?
1: I I think about it daily. I <laughs> love love that sweater moment. It's not like, and probably most of you who don't think about Vampire Diaries twenty four seven might not even recall it, but it's in Blood Brothers when Stefan is drawing out. He's wearing like a navy blue sweater. Yeah, it's. It just looks so good on Damon and it fits the vibe really well because they're in the Salvatore house with the Mm -hmm. fireplace and he's reading something at one point and I'm like, yeah oh my god I I swoon I love that outfit
0: yeah that's such an awesome pick I immediately reacted so dramatically (laughs) to that because
1: I can't believe I didn't think of it. it's subtle because it's not like you know that iconic or anything but yeah yeah it's not just so good that's kind of I
0: went the opposite way with the iconic like memorable moment of Stefan you know in transition right and I did think about Damon and I really wanted to pick like a leather jacket moment I was like it's just such an iconic thing which again with I went with sort of the iconic staple outfit um, but that Damon one is great because it's almost just a little bit out of character. It's yeah. It's character just enough. Yeah. But it's surprising that he would wear
1: it. Yeah. And it looks so good. I know. It looks so good. I really wish they had done more of it. It just, yeah. it works so well. Yeah.
0: I love it. Um, so that's, yeah. that's my full top three. Is yeah.
1: Catherine, Elena, and then Stefan for me and yours is. So my, yeah, mine is Catherine's green dress, of course. Mm-hmm. Caroline's decade dance dress outfit mm-hmm. and and damon's, damon's sweater yeah damon's dark academia and like broody I, villain sweater i want that sweater i it's know so
0: it's really good love that looks great um and moving into the next the next category is couples we're gonna round up all the yeah. couples um who got together who broke up what's their current status yeah um and starting right off the bat with with damon um and Catherine.
1: Yeah, Damon and Catherine, of course, drive the show. I mean, the like you mentioned when we were talking about Catherine, her being stuck in the tomb and then actually not being in the tomb is pretty much like the, the one-sentence plot of the season. Yeah. And that is all about Damon and her relationship, and sh- he's trying to get her out because he's still in love with her. And in the flashbacks, we see a little bit of their relationship. Not a ton, like I said before. I think we get more of that in season two. But yeah, we see that Damon does genuinely love her, I think, which is a big contrast from Stefan. But we see those differences in that Damon is feeding with her, like feeding off of her and learning to feed with her. Like she shows him the laying in the road trick before Damon is ever even turned. Catherine shows him that trick. So we see that Damon is going along with these things because he clearly loves Catherine. Yeah. And when the season starts, he still really loves her. Oh, yeah. And is trying to get her out of the tomb that she's not in. Which uh, kind of shatters the love a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of course, it probably still lingers a bit. But, yeah. yeah, we end the season, of course. Damon, I think, has mostly moved on from Catherine.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a huge talking point in season two, episode one. Um, of course, with Catherine revealed to be back. Um, but, yeah, that, that is, that's Damon and Catherine. Yeah. And hand-in-hand hand with that, again, is uh Stefan and Catherine of, of course. course everything while Stefan and or while Damon and Catherine are together in 1864 Stefan is also with Catherine yep. um and they're pretty much just sequestered to 1864 like yeah there's really no present uh piece or component to their relationship in season one season two will be a different story. Yes. But in season one, of course, it's really just the 1864 flashbacks, and we're pretty much made to believe that he was just compelled to love Catherine. We don't really see anything to prove to us that Stefan loved Catherine, or that she even really loved him. We don't really know yeah. a lot. It's just so kept to the past there, and modern-day Stefan is just completely over. He's he's all about Elena, and he's, he's moved, which he's dating a, the doppelganger of her, so is, is he really over her? <laughs> hard know? to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but yeah theoretically um yeah Stefan and Catherine is 1864 it's passed and it's moved on and and that's yeah yeah, that's their relationship
1: yeah another relationship that's passed but I think worth like briefly bringing up is Matt and Elena of course they've like pretty recently broken up when the season starts and like I mentioned Matt starts off the season like still in love with Elena and not Mm -hmm. over her at all and then he of course starts dating Caroline which helps him move past but gotta at least mention Matt and Elena because they have such a like not iconic relationship because we don't see it but I don't know just them having been together in the past I feel mm-hmm. like it's such a thing in the season that we have to mention it
0: yeah it's important lore for like Elena's background exactly it's, it's the same with um Catherine for Stefan and, yeah. and Damon um because of course too like you know you're saying with Matt and Elena that of course plays a factor in Stefan and Elena of course. um you know Stefan and Elena are the biggest pairing of the first season of the show. They're like, they're truly, you know, the, it is about them falling in love in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we see them fall in love. We see them break up. We see them make up. We see them probably break up again and then get back <laughs> yeah. together again. I don't know. <laughs> They'll have a dozen more of those. Yeah. Um. But ultimately it really is about like them coming together and getting stronger and like them just fully embracing their relationship through all the various trials that they experience in season one.
1: Yeah, definitely. And of course, we can't talk about Steleno without talking about Delena. Obviously, Delena is not together in this season. They don't get together until a lot later on. But we have to talk about them because they're such an iconic ship. But Damon and Elena, they also go through a lot. They start off where Elena is kind of charmed. And then Damon does all the terrible things that Damon does, like abuse Caroline, kill Vicky, (laughs) turn Vicky. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, they go through a rough patch. Then they kind of come back at bloodlines on the trip to road or to the... (laughs) On the road trip to Georgia. And then they have another little, like, falling out and then they come back and they do end up in a good spot at the end of the season because they're in a good enough spot that Damon tries to kiss Elena. Like, he thinks he kisses Elena in the season finale. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, they're in a good enough spot that he felt he could yeah. try that and he does open up to her before like leading up to the kiss and so we see you know they've yeah. become more comfortable with each other they yeah. care about each other
0: and clearly like a romantic seed is is there it's, is yeah it's, it's it's a yeah it's a little seed but it's there yeah at least on damon's end maybe not yeah yet, but definitely damon yes definitely um and jumping back, as you said, Vicky, um, Vicky starts out the season with Tyler. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a relationship. I don't they're not dating. I mean, that's plot yeah, no. in like episode four where he doesn't even invite her to the like. Oh, yeah, the party. party. Yeah. And so, you know, she she just wants something better and he can't give that to her. And so she moves on with Jeremy.
1: Yeah. Vicky and Jeremy, of course, they I mean, from the beginning of the season, Jeremy is clearly interested in Vicky in a romantic oh, yeah, he's obsessed way. With her. obviously. yeah, he loves her. He wants to be with her, but she obviously has this sort of weird thing with Tyler. Finally, good for Vicky. she tells Tyler bye. Mm-hmm. and she and Jeremy sort of get together. But of course, before that can go anywhere, David turns Vicky and Vicki is killed by Stefan. So yeah. their relationship doesn't really go anywhere. But Jeremy, yeah. of course, at the end of the season is still very much mourning the loss of Vicky.
0: Yeah. And and he processes that in part through his relationship then with Anna. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, of course, is like lured in by Anna as part of <laughs> yeah. her like larger goal of getting into the tomb and using him for that purpose. Um, but once that's done, she really does start to like him. And then, of course, he learns about vampires and he starts to use her because he wants to try to get Vicky, who he believes yeah. must be alive and a vampire. Um, and that kind of causes some problems for them. But I do think ultimately... Although he's, of course, mourning Vicky and obsessed with Vicky still. When he does learn that they found her body and she's dead, I think he does start to really open up to Anna and to, like, learn to love and appreciate Anna. um, Which then, of course, she dies. (laughs) And then he's just left
1: mourning both girlfriends, which is just
0: insane.
1: Yeah. On a slightly happier (laughs) note, Jenna and Alaric, of course, get together in this season. And they, they have, like, a nice little... Like meeting where they meet at the grill sort of like as Jenna's there with Jeremy as his guardian of course Alaric is his teacher so that sort of gives them a reason to connect and then they pretty instantly hit it off and then go on a few dates and start dating and there isn't a ton to say here but they of course end in a really good spot With Alaric sort of stepping into like an uncle role to Jeremy and Elena. And, you know, he drives them to places and they, you know, they leave Jeremy with John and they, he takes Elena and Jenna. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Alaric is obviously, he's supported Jeremy by helping him with the paper and everything, but kind of a tangent. But yeah, Jenna and Alaric end in a good spot. They're they're still dating at the end. Also, Alaric has been compelled by Isabel to move on. So I feel like now that he can really fully be in that relationship.
0: Yeah, I would say that other than, like, Damon, Elena, Catherine, Stefan, like, those groupings, Jenna and Alaric are one of the, like, really stronger leading uh, couple romantic relationships in the first season. And the other would be Matt and Caroline. Yes. Um, Matt and Caroline are another one who are, like, you know, a big will they won't they of course will they figure it out will they not he says he's (laughs) creeped out by her (laughs) yeah and he doesn't like her
1: such a way with words (laughs) yeah but
0: he's still sneaking in her window to like i don't know hang out yeah like spend the night with her um so it's shocking that they do actually end the season in like a really good spot you know like he is really like scared for her life when they get into the car accident and he clearly loves her Mm -hmm. and of course she loves him and like they're in a good spot. They, like, have, they go through a lot in the first season and we see a lot of their relationship in yeah. the first season.
1: Yeah. Which is good for Caroline because unfortunately, have to mention it, can't overlook it. Caroline has her whole terrible relationship with Damon at the beginning yeah. where obviously abusive. He's compelling her to go along with him feeding off of her and all these different things. It happened. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah we like to forget but we have to mention it yeah so bad that perfectly applies to the next pairing which is damon and kelly <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we'd like to
0: forget but it did happen yeah yep
1: yeah, that is pretty true pretty much true of my next one as well tyler and kelly yeah kelly really got Come around on. for
0: a minute there yeah kelly
1: had a moment where she was truly the mill for the show she yeah. was tyler and damon with in the span of like a two week. episodes yes yeah.
0: yeah, which her daughter her, yeah her daughter died so
1: grief makes you do funny things I that's guess. true i guess i will uh say it's fine for that reason but except yeah. tyler might have been like tyler's not okay still. yeah that's not still okay, still, but, still um yeah really not okay the last one bonnie and ben oh
0: bonnie got one romantic interest and it was a vampire that was they kidnapping her, her so and trying to use her for her magic so hate that
1: yeah poor bonnie she deserves so much more but she definitely
0: does Um, so unfortunately she won't be really relevant for this next, uh, nominee, which is favorite couple, but we can't choose Stellina or Delana, which to be honest, I don't know who I would choose for this first season. Um, so we'll make it easy on ourselves and we'll say just favorite couple, um, of the first season.
1: Yeah. If we're excluding Stellina and Delana, I have to go with Jenna and Alaric.
0: (gasps) That's mine too. Oh, good, (laughs) good. good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's the obvious choice. I do like some of the other pairings. Like, yeah. Matt and Caroline, I do like in season one.
0: Yeah, I like Jeremy and Al- Anna. Al-
1: Jeremy and Anna <laughs> like them too, I guess. <laughs> Jeremy and Anna, I do like them as well. And I thought about that, but they have such a weird, like using each other on yeah. and off weird dynamic. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And the whole ghost cheating thing really sours the it. ghost cheating. Always ruins Anna's character for me a little bit, even yeah. though I do like her in season one, but.
0: But Jenna and Alaric is only Alark. supported by what happens after season one. You know, yes. like, it only makes it that much
1: sweeter. Yeah. And they they don't really have any rough patches in season one. I other like than the secret dead wife.
0: But, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a minor
1: thing. Yeah. It's, well, it, I, how do you bring her into the world? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a little forgivable. So, yeah. other than that. Little, yeah. little lie. It's, I think it's a pretty wholesome relationship.
0: Yeah, they are the most wholesome of the show, like, for sure, just yeah. easily, and it's hard to not like them as as a pairing. They're really yeah. cute together.
1: I think um, so too. So they were my vote. Yeah,
0: sure. same. Um, so instead of choosing Delana or Stalina, yeah. um, we're gonna say our favorite moment for each couple yes. in season one. So Delena's up first. Favorite Delena moment.
1: Delena, I I'll start us off here because I feel like I'm the biggest like Damon apologist slash shipper. I liked a lot of little moments. Like, mm-hmm. they, they had a lot of moments, I think, that got the ship and, like, the shippers really interested in them. Yeah. Where you could just tell they have so much chemistry. Oh, yeah. Like, the little hand grab in the finale, I really like that. Yeah. But I think the moment for me that really sealed it was Alina hugging Damon after oh. they don't get the t- – or they get the tomb open and Catherine's not there. Yeah. I think it's such a small moment, so I really took moment to heart here but i just love that elena does that and i don't know it's not it's pretty one sided cuz it's just elena doing it but yeah. I don't know, I just thought it was such a sensitive, tender moment
0: that I I love it. This is why we make such a perfect pair, because I did the same thing in the opposite direction, a one-sided Damon moment. Um, And I actually, I will admit, I kind of chose a horrible moment here, um, because, (laughs) you know, if I were a true Delana fan, I'd pick one of their great kitchen scenes, Miss Mystic, The Rain, like, there's so many good things to choose from, but I chose the smallest moment, which is... In episode three, Friday Night Bites, my favorite Mm -hmm. episode, at the very end of the episode when he's in her room while she's sleeping and he just strokes her face really gently. And again, like you're saying with Elena to Damon, it's Damon to Elena just being like super tender and gentle. Mm -hmm. And it says a lot without anything being said. Yeah. Um, And it should be creepy and disturbing (laughs) and horrible that he's like broken into her room to watch her sleep. Yeah. For whatever reason, it just comes off so soft and so meaningful. Yeah. And um, it's backed by the fact that Stefan is having this voiceover saying that there's no humanity in Damon. Yeah. He's this awful person. There's no good in him. Um, and we see him doing that. And clearly, yeah. like Elena is this source of of good in him. So yeah. that's my favorite I like moment that. from season one. I
1: feel like those two moments work really well together. They really work. They really, really well complement each other.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, I I went again with a really small moment for mm-hmm. Stelena. Um, for a favorite Stelena moment, I went super minute
1: um people <laughs> well, might not even
0: remember this which they have a lot of good moments yeah um, in season one especially but my moment is in founder's day when mm. they're walking and damon's coming over to them to tell them about um you know the fact that the two yeah. vampires are there and he, they have the moment where he grabs her hand yeah. and like whatever but just before that just before damon can interrupt the moment oh. and you just see Steph and Alina for like two seconds like walking holding hands talking she's laughing she's doing some filler dialogue Mm -hmm. saying like can you imagine that and he's just looking at her with like the most loving look ever and Mm -hmm. I always think about that in season one is this like like what is that why do we not get more of that (laughs) That's so cute it's so wholesome it's so human it's so normal and that is like where Stelena like shines the best and the brightest yes and i just wish we got more of that so that's my favorite moment of theirs in, in yeah. season yeah
1: that's a really good moment it is a true moment and i really yeah. do like that and it, it's also i do want to give a little bit of shout out i do love the double date episode oh yeah I think it's a good one it's a good solid couple episode for the same reasons that you just said but again i sort of went like the opposite direction where i went with like a one-sided thing and i went with when alina goes to talk to Stefan at the end of blood brothers when he is out of the cellar and she goes and talks to him and is telling him to fight to to live another day and keep working through like everything that he's going through i don't know it's not a super romantic moment Mm -hmm. but to me i think the fact that it wasn't really romantic like she never made it like i love you do this for me or anything like that like it was very much like a I went through a lot, you went through a lot, we can be there for each other. It was more of, like, a just very supportive, like, the, it, for me, it, like, filled all the non-romantic aspects you should have in a relationship. Like, it was like, okay, they really are there for each other. They want to help each other grow and be better. I thought it was a good moment.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you chose to, like, uh, supportive, Elena supporting the brothers. Yeah, I don't know, maybe I I guess
1: just like Elena, but... (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, that's really cute. And I do like the contrast of our our two moments there too of like, you know, it's the best of Selena is the normalcy, the pretending they're just two human teenagers who are just going to the fair and holding hands at (laughs) the fireworks. And also the fact that they have experienced some insane like trauma and supernatural and that they're really the only people that can understand what they've been through and supporting each other through that. Yeah. It, it really that is the two sides to this Delana coin. And it yeah, definitely works really well as, as a as a pairing there. Yeah, I um, agree. Going into the dark <laughs> and the crazy, um, you know, our usual outro yeah. here is we we give the death for each episode, the out of pocket, the best so- uh, quote, the best song, yeah. and so of course we've got to give all the deaths of season one. Of so course. we're going to try to do it very quickly and yeah. say um each of the deaths of season one um based on who did the death
1: yeah so you'll have to forgive me i'm gonna have to reference my note i have because yeah. there are just so many but Yeah, there's a lot yeah so in the deaths we have <laughs> let me get down to all of them so i think obviously you know there's one that we don't attribute to any like mm-hmm. killer any no one did the death like no one killed anyone grams dies because she's overwhelmed by magic yeah a rare occurrence rare <laughs> occurrence in Vampire Diaries that someone didn't just straight up kill her yeah. but yeah so grams is overwhelmed by magic and then really quickly we have we, we see harper kill someone harper the tomb vampire mm-hmm. he kills a hiker a random tomb vampire kills mayor lockwood in the cellar Isabel kills Trudy by way of her messenger, who the, she then also kills. So, yeah, by compulsion it, again. Yeah. yeah, Isabel kills two people by way of compulsion. Uh, Catherine kills two people in an 1864 flashback. Mm. We also have Giuseppe killing Stefan and Damon, his sons. Yeah, awesome. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably the worst ones on the list, and he of
0: course changes them into vampires with that yeah. killing. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: Big, big, important deaths uh logan feeds on a bunch of people at least five yeah who knows he we don't get a count one
0: episode where there's just bodies stacked stacked like, yeah. the ceiling
1: <laughs> yeah so it's a lot of people probably way more than five but yeah. at least five at least five are on screen yeah and then alaric is in his vampire hunter era he kills logan a bunch of the tomb vampires during the stefan mm-hmm. retrieval and henry the 1864 tomb vampire yeah yeah, Lark really
0: growing the numbers there. Yeah. Pretty much neck and neck with Stefan, surprisingly. Um, Stefan only kills six people in season one, but they're all, like, notable named characters. Mm-hmm. Of course, the first one is Vicky, who he kills to save Elena. He's She's literally about to, to kill her. Yeah. Next one is Noah. Again, he's the vampire that shows up at the Decade Dance, who, again, is about to kill Elena. <laughs> Next one is Ben, um, one of Anna's other vampires that she turned out. Yeah. Um, Again, I guess to save Elena, to save Jeremy, who was also right there. Or maybe just because Ben was so annoying. He literally he torches the him, like on fire. It's like <laughs> yeah. a crazy death. Um, yeah. And then, of course, he kills uh, Beth Ann when she breaks mm-hmm. into the house. And so that one's kind of self-defense. And then, again, he kills Frederick in sort of self-defense, but also mm-hmm. to protect Elena. Elena's at the, the root <laughs> of a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in 1864, we saw that he killed Giuseppe Salvatore. In order to turn into a vampire. Yeah, um, that's the only one so far we know of in 1864. We're gonna see a lot more. Yeah,
1: but. it'll Stefan's flashbacks will get crazy. But. <laughs> yeah,
0: for now he's at a cool six.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, then the next most highest is John Gilbert kills at least ten people, probably more. Most notably, he kills Pearl. Very sad. He kills yeah. Pearl. And Harper. I've said this before. I love Harper. love Harper. Wish he got more. But of course, John Gilbert had to kill him. Yeah. Another reason I hate John. He also stakes Anna mm-hmm. in the finale. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he kills all of those tomb vampires that are also in the basement at the yeah. apothecary in the fire. So yeah. So he kills all of those vampires, too.
0: Yeah. So it's impossible to know how many there, but probably at least six or seven at least yeah so at least 10 kills for john yeah and then you knew this was coming the number one big bad (laughs) who killed the most people i'll list them off first and then give you the number um of course the first big kill is coach tanner who he just kills as like a little revenge thing to Stefan in the parking lot a real bad one zach Salvatore. he snaps his neck really quick just so that he can chase Caroline. Uh, I don't know when he's like getting out of his little prison. Yeah. Um. He kills Vicky in order to turn her into a vampire. Stefan kills her, permanently. Yeah. But, but he turn he kills yep. her to turn her. He kills Lexi, awful one again. He kills Bree, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awful one. He rips her heart out in Georgia. Oh my gosh. Um. He kills Isabel to turn her into a vampire as well in mm-hmm. a flashback. Um. He kills Alaric who has the ring on, so he comes back. And he kills Mrs. Gibbons in order to get into the house where Stefan is being held hostage. He kills John Gilbert, who, again, was wearing a ring and got <laughs> resurrected. Damon gets punked by that one constantly. Yeah, gotta... Damon's always trying to kill someone, and then they just come back. Yeah, we've got another great one of those coming up. <laughs> yeah, really soon. Um, yeah, the next episode, we'll be talking about that again. Yep. Um, and his total number is 25. 25.
1: <laughs> Um, at least. <laughs> so it
0: includes all of those. Yeah. Yep. And then there is at least to get us to twenty five, we are shown a bunch of random feedings. He kills tons of the tomb vampires to save Stefan. Yep. Um, you know, Damon is just always so he everyone else John is like yep. maybe ten at second place, and Damon's at a confirmed twenty five. Solidly
1: twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. Possibly many more, yeah. yeah.
0: So he he really wins out on the amount of deaths uh yeah in the, in the season.
1: Um
0: So with that, we want to talk about what, you know, there's so many big deaths in season one. We want to talk about what the most impactful Mm -hmm. death is. You can't say it's your favorite. No, yeah. How can you have a favorite death? I don't know. Um, But the most impactful, and I will say, I don't know where you went with this, but I really went back and forth. You know, like Lexi and Grams are some really Mm -hmm. big deaths that I feel really emotional about and really wanted to do. Yeah. But then I thought about the weight of us playing while Damon is compelling Jeremy. And I had oh, to switch my, my vote to Vicky Donovan. Interesting. Yeah. Vicky is the most impactful death for me, not because I was sad to lose her in the same way as like Lexi mm-hmm. and Grahams, but because of the impact that I think she ultimately had on the characters in the larger story. Yeah. I mean, we literally never feel the end of Vicky's death. It's brought up in the series finale. Yep. But, like <laughs> it, it is like this thing that just like triggers... The rest of the show in a way, because it is the first consequences of the vampires being in Mystic Falls Mm -hmm. for the like modern Mystic Falls teens. Um, And so I think in that way, it's just a really important death in the story. And then I also do think, again, like that song playing and Damon compelling Jeremy, it's such an emotional moment. We talked about it in the episode that we both were like crying again. Yeah. I've seen that episode like thirty times, and I still cry when yeah. I watch that scene of not necessarily her dying, but the impact of that 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 has on on Elena, yeah. on Matt. And he doesn't even know that it's happened yet. And then oh. Jeremy, and like it, it's just so devastating that I think ultimately for me, Vicky was my most impactful death of season one.
1: Yeah, interesting. I think we interpreted this slightly differently. So I I actually thought about asking you and clarifying with you, but I thought it'd be more fun to not.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it most impactful within the show itself or most impactful to us? And I it can be either. Yeah, it can be either. It seems like you went a little of both, of course, but more within the show. Yeah. I feel like I went like the opposite direction where, of of course, it's still impactful in the show, but it most impactful to me, especially as a rewatcher, I think I have to go with Grams. Mm -hmm. I I contemplated both Vicky and Lexi, who you brought up. Vicky, they Mm -hmm. do so much with Vicky's character in the later seasons that I, I just it ruins it. Yeah, it is very emotional though. And Lexi comes back enough and has a lot of good moments later on. That I was like, not Lexi, but Grams. Even though she comes back, there is something about Bonnie and Elena finding realizing that grams has passed like just Mm -hmm. in her bed after this spell that goes awry and then bonnie disappearing for a lot of episodes i feel like i really feel the impact of that in the show bonnie's absence that i don't know it just always really gets me and i feel like bonnie the character has done dirty so many times i don't know i i just yeah. wanted to and i love grams and i i know i come to like her so much by episode 14 when yeah. she dies and it yeah. just i don't we do see her again like lexi and vicky but that's true it just felt different for me it hit a little different i think yeah. maybe it's like you sort of pointed out it's because she dies for non-magical or she dies for magical reasons and not like just being killed yeah. by someone. Yeah. It feels more tragic almost.
0: that's so interesting because I feel the opposite. I'm mm. like, Grams is less tragic in that way. And also because she's older. I don't know how old she yeah. is. But like Vicky is a life ended like way too soon. Okay. That's true. Not yeah. trying to like sway you on my side on or anything Yeah, like of that, course. That, that was my deciding factor between Grams and Vicky. I did the same thing with Lexi of like, we see her plenty of times. She lived... Three hundred years, she's fine. She's good, yeah. Um, but like seeing Matt with his like you know eighteen year old <sighs> sister having died yeah, That is really terrible. I was like, that's just that strikes a chord <laughs> with me. That you're I not trying to past. sway me, but you are. I'm like, okay,
1: maybe it is Vicky.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> just both so very impactful. They're both very impactful, and I will say, I'm a music girly, and you know, thinking about the weight the of the weight us, of us is
1: a lot. Yeah, and then all
0: you wanted, I think, is the one that plays when they go to the house when they. Because there's two really for mm-hmm. Vicky. It's the night she dies and the group of them. That's know. true. She does. And then like there's the... the other episode when they find her body, which I think is why for me that's such like an yeah. emotionally impactful one because it's like a double whammy. Um, yeah. Whereas Gramps just gets run by Liana Lewis. I'm like, okay, okay, that's true. They, <laughs> if they Gramps her a deserves song, so much more. Yeah. Yeah. If they gave her a good <laughs> song, I would have been swayed, but yeah,
1: not yeah. yet. I think for me, I'm just sad that they have to write Cat Graham off. It's it's a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the things that that
0: spurs is not
1: great. Yeah. Um, but, speaking of not great.
0: out of pocket. We oh end every my single episode with saying like, what's the most out of pocket thing that happened in yep. that episode? And now we have to pick what is the most out of pocket thing that happened in the entire season?
1: Yeah, this was kind of hard. There are so many People and moments that are out of pocket in the yeah. show. I mean, it is a teen drama and on the CW. So that's always another yeah, yeah. notch up. But I had to go with just Kelly Donovan as oh, a person. As a whole. Yeah. Of course. She, you know, like we said, she makes out with Tyler and Damon within the span of probably a week. Yeah. Not good. And she also, like, is so catty and mean to Caroline, who is a literal teenager. And whereas Kelly's supposed to be an adult. Yeah. I don't know and she's she's just so wild
0: she's such a wild character yeah she's it's so you feel so bad for Matt yep um I did think about her I you know I thought about this for a few seconds I was like Kelly everything mm-hmm. Carol Lockwood does everything Mary Lockwood does most of the things Tyler Lockwood does yeah all the Lockwoods <laughs> yeah um you know and I was like hmm and then a specific moment came to mind and I was like that's the moment, and it is of course John punching Liz in the back of the wait, head. Wait, scratch that. I want to change mine. My... <laughs> it's like every time that that image comes to my mind of him just like hitting her in the back of the head and knocking Why did her they down, do that? it's so extra. There were like a thousand different ways that he could have taken care of that moment, and instead, John's like, "I gotta
1: take this over and like fix the town. I going to
0: take out Liz." Also,
1: I mean, again, this is just like maybe going off on a tangent a little too much but that whole episode he's like john yeah. is like we're gonna kill all these tomb vampires in the midst of like every single person in town yeah. and
0: then yeah people probably like, coming from out of town yeah. like it's probably the most populated day of the year and like he's yeah. like we gotta do this right now
1: yeah and then he punches
0: <laughs> It's crazy. No, it
1: is really out of pocket. It's so bad, but it's
0: so out of pocket. He's another one you could say like John just on the whole. Like John, his entire appearance in the entire series is out of pocket. But that moment really, really boils it down for me of just hitting her in the back of the head like that and then – chaining her up in her own office yeah like, with her own
1: handcuffs yeah cool. wow he got the best of liz <laughs> he really yeah. did
0: no one will ever catch liz like that again yeah
1: no <laughs> and, yeah true and like caroline probably um, oh my yeah, god that had
0: to be the best out of pocket for me
1: yeah i i think it does have to be um yeah not that you need to sway me but <laughs> i i think that's the one of the whole first season <laughs> yeah um now for quote again going in that same order we always do in our outro I think we're going to each pick like our top three quotes. So I'll start with my I'll start with my third. So I had for my third best quote of the season. (laughs) I wanted to give a little something to Stefan because he had a lot of like little snarky lines. So I wanted to give him one. I went with his line to Damon. I'm really sorry I won't be able to help you with your diabolical plan the sequel. <laughs> I'm so glad you put that because I really yeah. thought
0: about that one for a long time. I had to. But I, I went with a different Stefan one later on my list.
1: Mm. Um
0: and, but that's such a good one. I was like, it's I can't so do two Stefans though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love that one. I actually ended up going with a Damon one for Ooh, number three. Shockingly, I thought he would be higher, but he was my number three. Yeah. Um, and it's of course the ever iconic quote to Isabel. Bell. I do believe in Killing the Messenger. Do oh, you know why? It sends, sends a, a message. message. That's it's my number so one. Good. Is it your number <laughs> one? Yeah, it was my number one. It had to be my number three. It's great, but I was like, these other two, that just speaks to how iconic the other two are, that that's my number three. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I will say that's, I don't know, I had to go with it because it's so... It's just it's, such. It's such a funny. It's, it's, it's so, so fun, funny. I love the moment, everything. Yeah. But speaking of iconic, I of course had to go with my number two slot as I was feeling epic. Oh, I debated that one a yeah. lot too. I didn't put it on my list, but I really thought about
0: it. It's yeah. such a
1: beautiful quote. It's such a beautiful quote. I love the Lexi character, and I felt like I didn't give her enough like homage in my yeah. roundup. That I was like. It just feels like she has to make at least one of our lists. Yeah. And not knowing yours, I was like, okay, I definitely want her in mine. Mm-hmm. And of course, her iconic quote. Yeah. So, yeah, I went with it's, for my second. It's so good. Epic.
0: It's such a memorable quote in the Vampire Diaries community. I mean, like epic cons, you know, it's yeah, like it's such like a Yeah, it's like the thing. quote. Yeah. Um. And so that's such a great one. I, I went the opposite direction with oh, <laughs> my number two. Um, my number two is Stefan in Miss Mystic Falls. Mm. I'm freaking oh hungry. Oh, my
1: God. I almost thought about that one, too.
0: I love that you went sentimental, and I was like, I'm freaking hungry.
1: No, I felt like I had to give Stefan, like, you know, I liked his diabolical play in the sequel, so I didn't want to do two. Yeah, I do like that one, too. Yeah.
0: I know. I I did think about it as feeling epic, um, but then it came down to... I was feeling epic. I think about once every couple months. I'm freaking hungry. I think, I think of every day. Every
1: day. No, that's true. If we were going about how often we just say it in our day to day lives, it's probably I'm freaking hungry. I
0: literally say that like five o'clock. I'm saying that I'm just walking into the kitchen going, I'm freaking hungry. <laughs> yeah, such a good quote. It's so funny. Um, Speaking of so funny, my number one is going to shock you. Oh boy. I gave it to Matt Donovan interesting oh stop your little bromance bitch
1: stop your little bromance bitch it's so funny it's so funny i'm glad you said that because (laughs) i wanted to so badly put it on my list but i did you know yeah i was feeling epic and I'm glad it sounds like
0: we had a real good Venn diagram here of like the ones that I wanted to do but couldn't you did and vice versa. (laughs) We really
1: covered like the best quotes, The best quotes. Yeah I love stop your little bromance. It's so (laughs) funny like Matt saying that to Tyler is like chef's kiss it's, it's perfection it's perfect this is what i'm saying this is why i wanted to give zach roerig his, yeah. his flower earlier yeah yeah he because deserves it he does kill it when he when he has his moment he yeah. has it if they give him a line he will deliver it he will yeah <laughs> signed, seal delivered yeah so good yeah
0: it's um such a good quote something the next category i'll be surprised if we have overlap here i'm really curious i think we
1: have to have at least one song yes yeah, so they might not be in the same position but
0: yeah yeah the next category is of course best song and we're going to say our top 3 songs for the entire season yeah. of the first season of vampire diaries which i just think is going to be so difficult cuz there's so many songs
1: yeah it's really hard i i don't know i of course listen to the vampire diaries music all the time Mm-hmm. And there are so many songs that I do just genuinely love. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, there are a lot of songs that I loved, but, like, aren't necessarily with, like, a great moment. Yeah. So, I don't know. It made it hard to really choose one. Because, like, I can think of tons of songs that I love from season one. Oh, but
0: totally.
1: is it the moment? And also, how do yeah. you pick? There are just so many good ones. There's so many so good this ones. This was hard.
0: I knew immediately what I wanted my one and two to be. And three I really debated. Yeah. And I will say, I cheated. I made number three a straight tie. So I'm, no! I'm saying one. No, no, no. We listen, need to take an intermission no, so I can add in another one. No, no. Listen to my, no. Listen to the justification here. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Number three, I have a perfect tie. And that's for episode one. And it is the tie that we got stuck on in our first episode of The Ripper Diaries. We talked for like 20 <laughs> minutes about what the best song would be. Oh, and we, sh- we cut it down to like, You know, two minutes or whatever, because it was just so long. Because we couldn't decide, and so I was like, in honor of that, because I couldn't decide between those two songs and a a slew of others, but those two were the ones standing out to me. It's of course "Running Up That Hill" by Placebo Mm. and "Never Say Never" by The Fray, because I think I think they represent the two like sides of Vampire Mm Diaries in a really cool way. Like "Running Up That Hill" by Placebo is an amazing song. It's so great. It fits like that—that that vibe of the, um, I don't know, the mystery and the darkness of vampire Diaries. And never say never is that 2009 high school vibe. Yeah, and it's a perfect pair. And I, for me, they're perfectly matched. And um, yeah, never say never is just so nostalgic. Yeah, it's and, I, and I'm, I'm sad we didn't make that one the winner of episode one in a way. Although I do think running up that hill is the the fair winner. Yeah. Um, I just thought, for me, they were just such a perfect tie for my number three for best song.
1: Okay, that is fair. And I will say I did go back into, like, all of the notes I had kept of, like, the favorite songs I liked, especially ones that didn't necessarily win. And I wanted to choose something off them to bring them back, just to give them a little justice. But there were too many actually really good songs that we did select so I will say all of mine are from the ones we selected, but yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that because there are infinite good ones. So mm-hmm. my third one, my third best song of the season, I went with Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Oh, I love that Because song. I love the song. I love the moment. I think it really is like such a Vampire Diaries song, like not to me, because like I already knew the song by the time I watched, because I watched season one, like mm-hmm. when season three was coming out. So I already knew the song, but... It's just the right vibe for Vampire Diaries. Like, it's just, it's kind of rock, but kind of, like, the indie, like, 2000s, 2010s vibe that I just, I had to go that way, I think.
0: Yeah, it fits the vibe, like, so perfectly. I
1: said it in the episode in Isabel
0: that I wish they played it again. I know. It feels like they could have played it, like, two or three times in a Damon scene and perfectly gotten away with it.
1: I think they could have, yeah. I'm kind of surprised they didn't play it, like, in
0: the last season as, like, a little homage, you know, because it just fits so well. It's so
1: cool. I know. I really wish they had. I do love that song and the whole scene, yeah. Yeah, I love that
0: one. I wanted to nominate it, so I'm glad
1: you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, my number two I had to again,
0: I immediately knew this was my number oh two. I love this song. And it's of course, Believer by Viva Voce. <gasps> oh, okay. I said in this episode, episode four when we did it, I said this is in my top ten of all time favorite yeah. songs, so I had to stick by that. Um and of course I do feel that way. I yeah. Can, I, I like Eight No Rest for the Wicked for Damon, but I think Believer for Damon is so perfect. I know. It's so cool. It has like the most edgy like, you know, vampire getting taken down and it feels a little western and yeah. like it feels a little edgy and like it's so perfectly scored with that moment of, like, Damon taking down Caroline and Stefan emerging from the shadows and the, I knew I couldn't spike your drink, so I spiked hers. It's Ooh, so good. Yeah. I, like, I like I listen to that song constantly because yeah. of that episode. So that I was my number two.
1: I will say I thought long and hard about my number three and it was between Ain't No Rest for the Wicked and Believer. Yeah, it's just it's, such a strong one. It's so good. And I, i will say to believer's credit i probably wouldn't have like come across the song on my own yeah so and it ain't no rest for the wicked like i said i think i already knew so mm-hmm. i and i still listen to it every day yeah so that's the staying power of believer so yeah. i'm glad you have that one yeah for my second song i had to go with bloodstream i, mean, I knew that was gonna be your number one <laughs> no no they- the sarah and shay know that i was listening to bloodstream constantly i was always singing it i sent them i would send them like like audio messages of listening to it it's just so good i love that song i love the moment even though it's Catherine. yeah there's just uh, everything about it like again like i said about believer i still listen to it to this day same thing for like bloodstream i listen to it all the time like i yeah. genuinely love the song
0: yeah i, I love that song too yeah. again there's so many good songs in the first season yeah. and i did debate that one it was on my longer list for my top three mm-hmm. um but I-, I ultimately didn't go for it just because of the switcheroo of Catherine and yeah. damon and of elena know. um but it's so good it's, it's just so like good it-, it fits the romantic sort of tense vibe of vampire diaries yeah. that i think um is kind of hard to capture in a song and i think that one does it really well
1: yeah it's such a good song. Yeah, but. so I'm a little surprised it's not your number one, but I think I know. I think, what your number well, one is. well I was gonna say if if these are our twos and threes, I think I, I think we're gonna have the same number one. Really? Maybe. Well, okay, I don't think we are because
0: my number one is Temptation by Moby.
1: That's my number one. Oh my god,
0: okay, good. <laughs> okay, I thought
1: you were gonna say running up that hill was your number one. No, I'm shocked no, no, it's not no. on
0: your top three. I do
1: love running up that hill. I also thought about that one. Interesting. But I you mean, were won over by temptation like, okay good we're on <laughs> yeah, the same yeah, yeah. page it
0: has to be the number one song i think that this song is like criminally underrated in the vampire yes, fandom absolutely like, i'm shocked that people don't like put this song in edits more like that they don't talk about this as yep. being a vampire Darius song like people talk about running up that hill a little bit people talk about never say never yeah. people talk about maybe bloodstream and like the the delana dance song all i need um Mm -hmm. but nobody talks about temptation by moby and it is like
1: shockingly like (laughs) amazing no No, i like not a day goes by where i'm not up down turn around i like (laughs) whenever i look up i'm like up down i don't know every like it lives in my head rent free and it's so good and it's so i don't know Like, I think that song permanently,
0: like, did something to my brain. I think so, too. (laughs) Like, genuinely. Because especially, like, in the formative years of 2009 when that episode dropped and I started listening to that song, like, Genuinely, like you know, I had an iPad or an iPad iPod, yeah, yeah, with like twenty songs on it, and that was like one of the songs, and <laughs> oh, I would God. literally put it on repeat the whole night, and I'd fall asleep, and I'd wake up, and it was still playing. Like,
1: oh, obsessed. Yeah, it's a beautiful it's song. We're beautiful. gonna have to make some edits with it, or we something. we must. Anyway. We absolutely must. But yeah, the moment also. Mm-hmm. yeah like we were saying i i had to go with songs that were like cued to really good moments yes that yeah. moment is perfect
0: i really refrained in my favorite delena moment which i did make that my favorite delena yeah. moment i really refrained from mentioning the fact that that moment is so great because of the song yes. i think that that song um it's of course perfect for Damon and elena especially like in that you know era but i do think it's also really perfect for Stefan and elena in a way of like yeah something about the temptation aspect and the like I don't know the sweetness and the purity of it and the I don't know I I, like it has this fantastical element to it too that I think it just all encompasses season one for me
1: yeah like yeah it's the season one song for me yeah it really is there's so
0: many great ones but it will always be temptation by Moby
1: it has to be yeah, Temptation by Moby. I think that's a really solid note to end it on. I'm glad we agreed for the yeah. <laughs> for the best song. Definitive yeah. best song
0: by the Ripper Arts. Definitive that's good.
1: best song. Give it like the
0: seal. Yeah, yeah the seal of approval. Yeah. But I'm glad we mentioned a lot of really great other ones as yeah. well. We got a whole slew of them mentioned, so that's good.
1: Yeah, and so many great moments. So that really wraps up season one. These were, you know, a little recap, a little roundup, a little, a little. A little faves. <laughs> a lot. A yeah, lot of you everything. You stuck with us this long. You're a real one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So next week, we'll be back with season two, episode one, The Return. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The
0: Return of who? Yeah. Catherine, Catherine Pierce. Pierce. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm yeah. so ready to get into that. So I'm glad that we'll be back to the regular posting schedule and we'll be posting that on Thursday.
1: Yeah. Um, Thursday, November 2nd.
0: Yeah, and you can find us on all of our socials. We post on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I guess we're going to be posting an edit to Temptation by (laughs) Moby. We have to. So go look for that.
1: Yeah, you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can watch the video version on YouTube. So join us next Thursday for season two. Yes, so excited for the premiere. Hope we see you there. Thanks for watching and
0: are listening to this one. (laughs) Bye. Bye.